Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. <laughs> You're very good at that. I'm just so excited, babe. My voice is starting to come back. It is. It's lovely. I was in the car, and I was with my, my son, and we were listening to Dan Tiger, which is what I call Daniel Tiger yeah. <laughs> because we're very close. And, you know, we were singing his songs. And I realized I can I can sort of hang with the Tig mm-hmm. again, with the striped one, my striped bro. Mm-hmm. So I was learning about what happens when you spill mommy's milk and uh, just singing along. And it's just a nice moment. Cause I was oh, like, what does I'm, happen? Well, you first you say, I'm sorry. That's the first step. Then oh, what can I do? What can I do what to, can make, I do it better? to make it better? Right. Yeah, that's good. And so the first verse of that song is like, I spilled my milk. I told my mom, sorry. And then I asked what I can do to help. To me, that seems like a weird relationship between the child and mother, right? Because it's like, I spilled my milk. Sorry. It should be like, I spilled my milk. I'm very sad. You fix it. Yes. Not anymore, Griffin. We're trying to raise our young men. A real Dan Tiger. To be. Self-reliant. Yes. Okay. This is for nobody but you and I. (laughs) This is for nobody but me and you. But anyway, uh, do you have any small wonders for the week? Uh, Gosh, there's so much good stuff on Netflix. There's a lot of good stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on Netflix right now. I don't know. Is is one of your things a Netflix thing? It is not. Okay. We're currently watching the new Sabrina show and loving it. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina is fantastic. As two like uh, people who shamefully watch Riverdale, it's nice yes. to watch a show that is very similar, but I don't feel ashamed to watch because it's actually pretty good. It's got some of that big Riverdale energy, but like not, <clears throat> not like as much for sure. Like not too much. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, I want to talk about a video game real quick because I don't have any outlet for this energy. I'll, I promise I'll make it fast. <laughs> okay. Uh, I told you about it a little bit. It's called The Return of the Obra Den. It's from a guy named Lucas Pope who made Papers, Please. And basically, uh, you are on a ship, and it's a wrecked ship that has resurfaced. Uh, it had a crew of 60 people. All of them are dead. And you are an insurance agent in the early 19th century who has a magic pocket watch that they can use to go to the exact moment, like a freeze frame moment of each crew member's death. And using that, you have to identify who each crew member is using those like moments. And then you have to figure out how they died and you have to figure out who killed them. Have you told your brothers about this? Oh yeah. It's, okay. it, I, this is like both of their shits. It's like Poirot. It's the best detective yeah, game exactly. I've ever played. Cause you get like a little clip sometimes, like you use the pocket watch and it cuts to black and then you hear like a little bit of audio and it can be like, you killed my brother. And then you know that like the person who is killing them has a brother. So they are going to have the same last name in the manifest. So then you have to go back in other scenes and see who that guy killed because that's their brother. So those two are brothers. Now you kind of know who they like. It's like a big game of guess who on a big haunted ship. It's also presented like an old Macintosh game. Like it looks all dot. It's just like two colors, just black and white dot matrix. It's fucking great. It is so good. I'm obsessed with it. Who is your favorite guess who character while we're talking about it? Oh, I think, well, I don't know if I remember Claude. Yeah. Are you making that up? Nope. Because I can't picture him. I can't either. It's the only name I can remember. Mm. But I think you go first this week. I do. What you got? It's funny, actually, that you were bringing up uh, singing along with uh, Dan Tiger. I thought you were going to say Oprah Dan. You're going to be like, my first thing is a haunted ship. No, it's musical ability. Musical ability. I thought you were trying to say that in like one word. 
I thought it took me a second to realize musical ability was two words. Yeah, but I thought you were like saying, musicality. But yeah, I was that, just saying, I thought that you were saying musicality, but incorrect. <laughs> like a little three-year-old. Yeah, might. yeah, uh, yeah. No, I um, I was thinking about some of the things that I find attractive in a person. Sure. And uh, I thought about some of the things that I find attractive in you. Mm, and one I, of those I can things. Name a few. <laughs> Is your musical ability. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you. What were you going to name? <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> your winking ability? Uh, that's my... <laughs> your ability to wink? I'm trying to wink so hard. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you. That's, that's nice to hear. Um, I mean, Griffin, not all of you know this, Griffin can sing. He can play an instrument. See what it is. You might feel better. That's that's not one of my small wonders. That's not one. One day I'm going to graduate from Daniel Tiger music. And I'm going to be so fucking psyched because then it means I can listen to whatever I want in the car. You were for a while. And then now I feel like you're now really... he won't do it. I was oh, listening yeah? to my podcast. I was getting caught up on Friends at the Table. And Henry was like, mm, I don't actually want deep, rich world building. I want to hear Tiger a Tiger sing songs about spilling their milk and feeling bad about it. Well... You brought that on yourself, Griffin. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Uh, I I will say, so I recognize that this interest I have is not unique, that a lot of folks enjoy uh, people that can sing and play instruments. Sure. So I did some research to see, like, is what is this phenomenon? Like, have scientists ever looked at, like, why this is such a big thing? Why music get horny is basically... That, that is what I typed into Google. You typed into Google, why music get horny? Uh-huh. Question mark, question mark? Question mark? And then you asked Jeeves, and he was like, I don't know. Let me Google it. Do the kids today even get the Jeeves reference? Probably not. Probably not. Jeeves was an old butler. It's so weird that that was a thing. He would come to your house. You would yell certain keywords at him. He would go to the library. He would come back six days later. And there's your answer, maybe. Unless it has anything to do with pop culture. <laughs> uh, so there actually have been studies on this. Okay. Uh, and what I kept finding over and over again is a, uh, a study done at the University of Vienna. Hmm. It was a 2017 study of 72 participants, mostly university students, uh, and they inve- investigated the impact of musical exposure on the evaluations of faces. Wow. So they uh, wanted to find out if when participants looked at faces while they listened to music, whether that changed their... Uh, feeling about that person. Okay. Uh, So they did short 25-second excerpts of Romantic-era piano music played as images were queued up. Uh, And so, and they did this with a variety of women at various stages in their cycles. Okay. So um, kind of where they were at in their fertility cycle. Um, And men also. And uh, the women, regardless of where they were at and their cycle, rated the men as more attractive if they had heard music, regardless of whether the music was pleasant or unpleasant. Well, really? Okay, hold on. That last bit is wild. They could be listening to fucking grunge core scream metal. Well, so we're talking about like Brahms and Chopin. We're not talking about like... okay. You know, uh, then that, then that's even wilder that the study's like not one of Chopin's shittier, <laughs> one of Chopin's real clunkers. Uh, the results showed 
that female participants rated the male faces as more attractive and were more willing to date the men when previously exposed to music. What about the reverse, though? Men had no impact. It says the men opinions of the females were not affected by music. Okay. Well, we have lots of other ways of get horny, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I mean, not that you don't. That's weird, though, that it doesn't work in the inverse, because uh-huh. I definitely also think it's 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 an attractive trait. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, it said that overall, highly stimulating and complex music led to the greatest effect compared to the control condition. Mm, stimulating. But this is just like listening to music. It doesn't necessarily have to be coming from the the. No, but person. isn't that interesting to think about? Yes. Is that... Maybe it's not about the musician playing the music or performing, oh. but the fact that you are hearing it while you are seeing them. Yeah, so it's like when you walk into my office and I press play on the demo mode on the keyboard, but then I pretend like I'm really razzle-dazzling <laughs> Still it. Still works. And you just like, just... <laughs> just just go gooey. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Tell me right now if I have to edit that out. Give me, you don't. No, uh, that's right. fine. Let's go with it. It's not fine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I mean, obviously you see this a lot in movies and in television and in reality shows. Yeah. Uh, when they are editing a scene to make you kind of buy in more, they will play music in the background. Yeah. Uh, and it just, it made me think a lot about, especially when they said like, regardless of like the quality of music, yeah. how when you're like in junior high and every male got like every male friend you have that like plays shitty guitar and you just think like, oh, that's so cool. Like it doesn't necessarily matter how good they are. Yeah. Just that there is music playing while you were in their presence. That's really interesting. Uh huh. It's funny also because I've been taking um, piano lessons and uh, my my teacher has been having me focus on my fingering. <laughs> so it's good on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, but it made me think about like some of the moments in our relationship where yeah. I felt kind of like like this kind of interest in you Hmm. you know like we met during a music show yes and we spent a lot of the time in our initial courtship in in musical settings yeah uh and then you know anytime i see you do karaoke yeah just i I swoon a little bit yeah when we were first courting we were in a community theater production of noises off and (laughs) um god we did a lot of musical noises off isn't i don't think so oh well, of all the musicals you could have pulled from. I know. I was trying to think of one that was obscure. The Fantastics. We were in a sort of off-Broadway off revival. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's uh, it's obviously something that a lot of people are into. Yeah. Uh, I know my grandma always would tell the story about my grandpa was her piano teacher. Yeah. And that was kind of how she developed feelings for him. Yeah, he, God, he was so good. Mm-hmm. He was so good. <laughs> Um, do you want to know my first thing? Yes. I want to say something. Okay. I know a lot of people do do not like it when the weekend ends and Monday rolls around. Okay. Because, you know, it's time to get back to work. I feel like I am at Because a, they have to put on big boy clothes and go yeah, to an office with sure. a bunch of other people. I feel like um, we are in a stage now, our son is like very active and we are like learning <laughs> yeah. how to like deal with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, how to like keep up with them. Are you saying you love Mondays? Well, in a way, like when Monday rolls around, 
uh, I mean, I'm also like excited to like, you know, start like my, my creative like week, right. Of just like cranking out the, making the donuts. So I like Mondays. Um, but that is the only way in which I am different from Garfield because I fucking love lasagna. Lasagna is my subject this week. Uh, sort of a roundabout way. Whoa. Uh, you really took me on a journey there, Griffin. I'm not going to do a fucking whole bit about Mondays. I thought you were going to say you loved Mondays and I was going to get on you because your Monday is very different than most people's Mondays. This is true. But, um, lasagna, my lasagna is not any different from, well, maybe it is. There's lots of different types of lasagna i've learned <laughs> i used to not like lasagna and it really? was a, well it was a textural thing right because mm. you're just putting a big just a big f- floppy noodle well and i've had some bad lasagna see i don't necessarily know that i've had bad bad like lasagna. it gets all slippery sometimes if you don't use the right cheeses or the right this ratios i will say that is the only bad lasagna where if it doesn't bind necessarily yes. right if it's not a thick enough sauce yes. if it gets like watery and that can happen if you try to put like too many vegetables in it which is or why if you I go real don't. healthy and use like low-fat ricotta cheese no, 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 or no, no, something no, 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 no it's no, no, not no. good so um i i used to just like i used to not like it because of the texture now i'm like all about it i also didn't like it because it was like so much yeah. it was so much lasagna is not something you eat as much as it is something that you that you confront it's like a it's like a deep dish pizza but without the crust it is it's it's an object to conquer it is, it is a, <laughs> the lasagna is a quest um and i'm i'm super into it right now because it's so like i find myself really into like hearty foods mm-hmm. like stick to your ribs foods like yes. i'm a, like an old lumberjack or something yeah um i just like food that kind of sticks around with you and i also now kind of admire this over and i used to be a fettuccine alfredo with you know blackened me too. chicken oh me too man now that cream gets to me bad <laughs> But also the amount of work required to fucking spear a bunch of noodles, twirl them up good, cut them so that it's not too big a bite, get like a piece of the the chicken, some of the broccoli, get enough of the sauce on it and bite it. By the time you've done that, I've eaten a whole brick of lasagna. I've eaten a whole kilo of lasagna. Uncut shit too. The real shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And- the, the reason you prefer lasagna mm. to like a pasta Alfredo situation yeah. is because you can eat it faster. No, it's not just fast. It's an energy expended. If I'm chasing fettuccine all around the bowl, mm-hmm. that's wasteful. Lasagna's not going fucking anywhere. You stab your fork <laughs> in lasagna, it stabs back. It will outlive you. Mm-hmm. And I like that about lasagna. You stab yeah. it and it's like, so fucking what? Oh, you're going to carve me up and eat me? Fettuccine's like, no, no. Please, please. I got kids. It's kind of like the Dairy Queen blizzard of ice cream. You know, you turn lasagna upside down. It just stays there. It's so dope. Mm -hmm. Um, I like the good stuff at like fancy restaurants. Mm -hmm. I'll eat a nice lasagna. I had it for my uh, cotillion and I had to show off that I had all the eating skills. Oh my gosh, I I wish I could have seen you at cotillion. I dropped a little sauce on my pants and I excused myself to the bathroom to try and hide it. (laughs) And I did. I did a very good job. Um, I like the Stouffer's shit. We had that last night. Yeah. That's what brought it to mind. I was eating it this afternoon for lunch and I mm-hmm. thought, man, I do like lasagna. 
And I was sitting here looking at an empty WordPad document. And I said, <laughs> hey, here it comes, some lasagna notes. So lasagna is thought to have come from Naples. Uh-huh. It's a first like instance of it. It came in a 14th century cookbook. It called for a fermented dough flattened into a thin sheet, boiled, sprinkled with cheese and spices, and then eaten with the use of a small pointed stick. Wait, was this before pasta? Was this before forks is the bigger question. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's fair too. When did forks come about? A fermented dough with a pointed stick. Yeah, I mean, it had cheese and spices and it was thin in a sheet. Okay, and you boiled it. It's pretty close, kind of. Uh, so the traditional is that there's, there's different types of lasagna, right? There's two kind of main camps, as far as I can tell. There's the stuff that we eat, which is lasagna al forno, which is, uh, has like a, a ragu sauce, a tomato sauce, and like bechamel cheese, uh, some sort of, uh, flesh, cheese flesh on top of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's lasagna al forno. The, uh, traditional lasagna from, from Naples, lasagna di, and I'm going to fuck this up, carnivale? Carnivale? I don't, I can't. No, carnival lasagna, yeah. It stands for carnival lasagna. It's got sausage. It's got cotton candy. It's got cotton candy. It's got uh, those little foam peanuts. Uh, it has uh, local sausage, small fried meatballs, hard boiled eggs, ricotta, and mozzarella cheeses Whoa. sauced with a Neapolitan ragu, a meat sauce. Got eggs up in there. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Interesting. Yeah, I would be into that. Um And... Yeah, I just like, you know what else I like about lasagna? It is the only thing in the universe that gets me excited about a side salad. Because when you are when you are <laughs> digging your way out of the fucking lasagna cave of wonders from the inside out and you get mm-hmm. t- I get tired. Yeah. I get tired fighting that lasagna. Then the last like the, the, the what I want to reach for is a nice little airy green mm-hmm. sort of lightweight treat. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm taking, when I'm trying to tra- trying to get through a Zanya Harding, I want to reach over and I want to get some some you know uh-huh. wet leaves. Um, when I'm when I'm I watching, I really want Zanya- you to be a food critic more than anything <laughs> in the whole world. I think I could do pretty good. This salad was airy wet leaves. Um, hey, do you want to know why Garfield likes lasagna? Because it's really good. No, there's a reason from an interview that Jim Davis did. Oh my gosh, yes, I do. It's not a joke set up. I know it sounded like one. I know. Um, Like, this is from a Huffington Post article. Like Garfield, Davis is a fan of lasagna. Yeah, quote, yeah, I love lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) I like how Jim Davis speaks as if he were Garfield himself. Like, yeah. I feel like I could see a T-shirt with Jim Davis's yeah. face on it that says, yeah, yeah I like I lasagna. Love lasagna. Not like. This I motherfucker love. loves lasagna. Do you love lasagna? Sure. I haven't finished the Jim Davis quote. You have to let me know. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I love lasagna. I thought it would be funny to have a cat who likes lasagna. But as it turns out, I hear from people all the time that their cats love lasagna. And he confessed, this is, goes on, this is not germane, but I thought it was so wild. And he confessed that even though John loves Odie too, Garfield is his favorite because of the depth of their relationship. He confides, quote, because of the depth of their relationship. He can, quote, he confides in Garfield so much, and I think John may have a little masochistic problem. He enjoys the abuse that Garfield heaps up. Ooh. Yo, Jim. Yo, Jim. Ooh. A little, uh, little wild in that their yeah. uh, brain cage years there, Jim. Like, sounds like John's a little gooey for Garfield. 
uh, I mean, that's the episode title, but. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> All right, so um, can I steal you away? Yes. Nice. Thank you. We're really moving away from the home improvement theme pretty good. <laughs> and I think that um, that's because we've sort of gotten all of, all of the meat off the fair use bones. Mm-hmm. Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghost Rider, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles <laughs> episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality, like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain hey are you ready for some personal messages uh-huh this give me the give me the dish This message is for Scrungus. It is from Ezra. I really hope you are listening in the car like you normally do so I can ask you to bring home some Oreos. We are out of Oreos. Happy birthday. Thanks for being so nice to me, complimenting me, and I appreciate everything that you do. You're the best friend and natural born clown ever. Um, Scrungus. Scrungus, we're out of Oreos almost. Uh, that's not true. We have like a whole. I mean, but we're closer than I'd like to be. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm starting to realize I can't eat six Oreos a night. No. And then it's breaking my heart. <laughs> this message is for Rain. It is from Gail. 
Julia Sneezer, you are my best friend and I love you. Most of all, you suck at video games. Get good. Oh, damn. Happy birthday. God, you just got put in the fucking ground. Are you kidding me? Julia Sneezer is like a great name for a guinea pig. It's a good name for anything. It's a good name for a band. It's a good thing to say when somebody sneezes and you want to be rude to them. Mm-hmm. Like, great work, Julia Sneezer. Oh, God, it's good. It's really good. Also, get better at video games, you scrub. Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. I'm just going to end with this. Everybody, you're doing a remarkable job of swimming through the shit show that is parenting. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Find us on MaximumFun.org, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's your... You you want... What it... You... Yeah. Can I have the second thing? Yes. Thank you. Uh, Since this is actually... This episode's going to go up on Halloween, correct? Yes. Fun-sized candy bars. Oh, good. My second thing is also Halloween related. Okay. Fun size candy bars are so good though. They're so good. Does this count for fun size sort of all candy? I think so. My piano teacher gave me a fun size Skittles. Oh, that's adorable. I go to- Was this because you did so well on your fingering? Yes. And the the <laughs> the next student after me is like four. So like I have no like pretension about it. Um, she was like, please take some Halloween candy. I was like, hell yeah. I took one and I took a Jolly Rancher lollipop too. But the fun, you get the fun size sixlets. There's just like three of them in there. And you just like put it in your teeth and just, just like a shooter. Fuck yeah. Fun size candy. Sixlets always kind of let me down because I want them to be like M&Ms, but they are not like M&Ms. I think I'm all right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Did you know how recent fun size candy bars are? Huh. If you no. had to pick a decade. Uh, 70s. Okay. Well, it's 1961. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, well, that makes... That seemed, that seemed recent to me, I think. I don't think people had fun until the 1960s. That's fair. So that tracks to me. In 1961, Mars introduced miniature snack or tiny candy bars sold in bags specifically to hand out to trick-or-treaters. The term fun size was coined in 1968, and the first fun size candies available were Snickers and Milky Way. And then later on, Three Musketeers and M&M's. Still holding the M&M's. See, that was a good innovation. I wonder mm-hmm. how they did it back in the day. I wonder what fun size M&M's looked like back in the day. Because I don't think they had the little envelope, the little whatever that material is, because it's not quite paper and it's not quite plastic. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. <laughs> fun size was used exclusively by Mars until the Curtis Candy Company started using it for its Halloween versions of Baby Ruth and Butterfinger. Oh, cool. Mars unsuccessfully sued in 1972. <laughs> I mean, that, can I say something? That doesn't think, seem frivolous to me. You think you should me. copyright fun size? Yeah. If it's in reference to your small candy bars and somebody says, oh, we also do the fun size. Like if I open up a coffee shop, can I start selling like Venti? And- yeah, but... Can you can you trademark fun? Can you trademark size? I guess not. So how would you trademark fun size? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, and so this led me to look up uh, king size. Oh, interesting. Which originally uh, labeled cigarettes. 
Okay. <laughs> in 1939, the American tobacco company repackaged Pall Malls as a longer cigarette called king size which is now the standard length (laughs) (laughs) fucking one yard long cigarettes that took you two days to smoke and then coke introduced the now standard 12 ounce king size bottle in 1955 oops i love i love how these are like all standard sizes now (laughs) can i have a king i'm gonna i'm gonna say that next time i'm at the the bodega can i get a king size sprite Uh, which led to king size cars. Dodge came out with a uh, oh my god king guys. size car in 1956. We get it. Uh, and then freezers and frozen food and hamburgers became king size. Okay, was there like one day where man took a look at the destruction he hath wrought, and then everybody in every industry simultaneously agreed, like this is all just the normal size now. Okay? <laughs> Um, and then in the, in the fifties is when the beds went king size too. Oh, wow. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. That one is surprising. Cause that one seems like, uh, substantial to me. Like a candy bar length doesn't seem like it matters as much to me, but like a bed size, like changes your whole shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the king size candy bar seems to have come about not until 1980. Hershey released something called the big block. And this was just a Hershey bar? I'm guessing it was just a very large Hershey bar. That's easy. I could make a fucking very large Hershey bar. You give me 30 Hershey bars and, you know, a lighter and a um, paperclip, I'll make a big Hershey bar. No problem. So here's the thing. Yeah? I found a lot of articles on the favorite candies by state. Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that. And then also 538.com, which, you know, is like Nate Silver's big polling website, uh, also generated the top five matchups. So they had uh, matchups of candy versus candy uh, and over uh, 8,000 people voted. Can Uh, I guess what the number one Halloween candy is? Is that fact on there? I'm going to guess. And let me give you, so they matched one candy up against another and had people vote that way. Okay. So it was kind of like our Thanksgiving episode where we matched one food up against another. And so that's how the number one was Not just candy bars, right? Like all candy, right? Um, yes. Okay. Because what I I think is number one is not a candy bar. Okay. I'm going to say Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. You are correct. Fuck yes. But it was a close one. And here's what's interesting. 84.2% 84.2% Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, 81.9% Reese's Miniatures. Okay. What's the, what is, what is a Reese's they're the Miniature? One. They're the little ones. The little oh. peanut, it's still Peanut Butter Cups. I would say that's a fucking decisive victory yeah. for Peanut Butter Cups because it won twice. Well, Twix got 81.6. Get the fuck out of here, Twix. Nobody eats those for Halloween. That's <laughs> garbage. Like Twix. Dude, they're great, but nobody gets them for Halloween. Yes, you do. That's clown shoes. You get the one little bar, which yeah. kind of destroys the entire purpose of Twix. The whole thing about Twix is you get two of them. That's the no, only fun size bar that doesn't make thing. sense. It's the caramel and the little cookie crunch. I don't need a Star Crunch if I want all that uh kit cat 76.8 percent snickers 76.7 okay so uh do you have thoughts on the top candy for your state for mine west virginia is it something weird i don't think so i'm gonna say milky way no that was actually the top candy for missouri though oh okay because i know we love nougat West Virginia, and this is from a people.com article. Apparently, there's a website, candystore.com, that in 2017 ranked uh, candies by 
collecting 10 years of Halloween sales data for Jesus every state. Christ. That's a fun study. The top candy for West Virginia was blow pops. Blow pops. I can buy that. Yeah. God, I love a blow pop. Um, Illinois, New York, uh, both Sour Patch Kids. California, M&M's. Texas, Starburst. Huh. Huh, I This know. seems made up to me. <laughs> I mean, you know. If there's one thing I know about Texas, maybe it's the Texas star. Hmm. Some people like sweet, chewy stuff. Yeah, me. I know. Uh, well, take it up with candystore.com. Okay. Um, so America currently spends an estimated $2.7 on candy this time of year. That's a lot of cash. And so this led me to think, and this is my final tangent. Yeah. What were they giving out before the fun size candy? Exactly. And that's what I want to get into. Yeah. I think it was like little chocolates wrapped in foil, like a little chocolate wrapped in like a foil that looks like a pumpkin. They were handing out fucking Necco wafers and they were handing out, (laughs) you know, wax lips and toothpaste and bullshit. (laughs) I mean, you're not too far off. So from history.com, when trick or treating started in the 1930s and 40s, children's were children's children's Mm -hmm. children were given homemade cookies and pieces of cake or fruit or nuts coins and toys cool this was when 1930s and 40s they hadn't uh they hadn't invented murder yet back then (laughs) they hadn't invented poison murder didn't come about until later okay wow in the 50s candy manufacturers began to promote their products for halloween but it wasn't until the 1970s that wrapped factory made candy was viewed as the only acceptable thing to hand out yes 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 god yes progress is good there's something kind of satisfying and inherently wasteful about opening a bunch of individually wrapped candy sure just like looking at your pile of leavings yeah but i am at a point where the portion i crave and require is fun size exactly i feel the same way i get excited because it scratches the itch yes without committing you to a very large portion literally any any bar uh, uh I, I brought up a milky way god i love a milky way really oh that holy shit surprised me because i i mean snickers i get because there's like full peanuts in there. Milky Way, it's like the nougaty stuff and the caramel. I don't know. So good. But, but <laughs> I take one bite of the Milky Way. Oh, I'm in heaven. I take a second bite of the Milky Way. And you're done? It's pretty good. I don't want any more of the Milky Way because yeah. I've just eaten a lot of nougat. That's fair. I've just eaten a fistful of nougat. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, man, I'm... I really want to eat a lot of fucking candy right now. I know. Me too. It's so difficult to make it through this season without just wanting to get through a lot of candy i know i think tomorrow's gonna be a real cheat day (laughs) oh gosh uh can i tell you about my second thing yes it's a tv show okay i want to see if you can guess what it is i'm gonna try and do the introduction to the tv show like when it comes on uh, as the first thing you see and hear uh i want to see if you can figure out what it is okay Uh, you already gave me kind of a hint because you said it was halloween related yeah it's like (laughs) <laughs> oh are you afraid of the dark yeah is are you afraid of the dark that was a perfect impression that of was it. perfect i was so into this show and still am even though i haven't watched it in a while i got as a christmas present like a bunch of bootleg dvds of are you afraid of the dark a while ago 
or maybe Justin or Travis did. I just remember watching a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark around the holiday season, dipping into the highlights, and it totally holds up, unlike a lot of uh, early children's programming from that era. Uh, I looked up a lot of stuff about Are You Afraid of the it Dark. It was so incredible. Like it, it was so good. When I think back on it, like the performances from the kids are so good. And, and like the storylines and the, the production value. It's all so good. Uh, I, I keep almost saying like Nick went deep on this one. Actually, this show did not originate at Nickelodeon. Ooh, is it Canadian? It, seems it is, Canadian. of course. It is, a, it is deeply Canadian. It's completely Canadian. It's from a... a <laughs> it's a, clearly Canadian. It's clearly... <laughs> it's from a kids television network in Canada called YTV. Uh, came on there, I think in like 1990 is when it aired. And then like one season and Nickelodeon was like, we got to have this. And it was added to the SNCC lineup in 1992, uh, ran for five seasons. And then they brought it back uh, like turn of the millennia, like 1999, 2000 for two more seasons uh, with a new cast, except for one of the kids came back as a reprising role. Um, and this show, if you've never seen it, like, I don't know, man, like I feel like horror TV shows are super big right now. Um, and have been like for the last you know few few years. Uh, you got your uh, what's the new one? Haunting of Hill House just yeah. came out on Netflix. There's uh, American Horror Story. Before there was American Horror Story, there was a horror anthology series that was so important. <laughs> and I'm not talking about fucking Goosebumps. <laughs> the Goosebumps TV show is buck wild too, by the way, but it is a whole different kettle of fish. Um, no, I'm talking about Are You Afraid of the Dark? It was so good and i don't think like it's such a like bold addition right because nick's like the snick lineup had at certain points you know kablam hey arnold uh in like the live action department it had uh all that it had alex mack mm -hmm. shelby woo mm -hmm. it didn't have anything like terrifying and they were like let's add a children's horror show to the to our yeah. fun saturday night lineup there was something almost like there was an element of danger to it because you're staying up late on saturday night and watching horror stories that i was like so fucking into um and there are two things i remember primarily about this show like one two things i remember really really liking about it the first thing was the framing device of the midnight society if you've never seen the show before every episode opened up with this uh, group of kids and teens that would come around this campfire this secluded little forest clearing where they had a little little hideout they would start a campfire and then one of them would be the storyteller for that night they would say submitted for the approval of the midnight society and then they'd reach into a bag and throw the midnight dust in to the fire yes. and the title would appear um do you know what that dust was i feel like i've talked about this you've so. talked about this is a uh, coffee creamer it's non-dairy creamer yeah it apparently has like petroleum in it oh geez that's not great um i just loved like the stories were great right like, the the horror stories were awesome uh but like I really wanted to be in the Midnight Society. Oh, Holy for sure. Shit. Every kid did. Like the show dabbled in like their lives and relationships occasionally. Sometimes like their relationships bled into the stories that they told. There was one episode where there were two brothers in the Midnight Society. One of them like stole the older one's love poem. And so the older one told a horror story where like the younger kid was tormented for being a brat. 
and then he like apologized at the end of the episode it also every episode ends with them uh you know talking about the moral of the story or whatever and then putting the fire out uh or playing like a scary prank on each other it just seemed like a cool group of friends who had this awesome thing going on that show like as i'm listening to you describe it could have been so bad like there are so many opportunities for it to have not been a good show yeah very much was i mean uh if you go back, I'm sure there's a lot of episodes that do not hold up necessarily as well, where the stories aren't as crisp and the acting. I mean, you're talking about, you know, child actors. Uh, it's it's not going to be a, a hit 100% of the time. But it's so like, I don't know, there's something so brave about the show. Um, it was just, it was like that Pete and Pete era of just like. Pete and Pete, I'll die on the mountain for. Like that show was good on every yeah, level. Yeah, but just like children being like kind of children you know like yes. kids being kids in a way that felt like not performative i don't know there, it, it was very authentic there was I'm, i don't want to be old man yells at cloud but like there was something about nick culture in those days where they were creating the culture that young people yeah. followed instead of like chasing it isn't that crazy to think that there was a network on cable television that was just like it just had the kids attention 24 hours a day yes like i don't know that that really exists anymore oh it doesn't it doesn't and that's why when we t- we turned on mtv why did we have mtv i think we just like had it on yeah and there was a show on a reality show that about tattoo show people who like hate each other who design tattoos for each other that they then have to get on their bodies forever <laughs> and like holy shit <laughs> I, I i'm totally an old man yells at cloud territory but that's objectively fucking awful yeah that is not necessarily has anything to do with this it, okay there was a second thing that i remember loving about this show there's a second thing that i remember in general about this show and that it was legitimately very scary i was looking at some of the stories trying to like refresh my memory because there are definitely like two or three that like stand out i wanted to see like what are the most agreed upon like scariest ones there's the one where the the girl is like uh like trapped in a house with the girl in the mirror who writes help me backwards on all the walls like that one i remember there's a kid who gets stuck in the uh, pinball game that's like in the mall that one i really really scared me some of them had like dark twisted endings a lot of them resolved and were like ha 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 good thing we beat dracula uh but a lot of them were like and now you're trapped in my box forever um okay so there's three that i wanted to point out first is the tale of the frozen ghost where melissa joan hart is in this one she plays a babysitter and she's sort of haunted by this young dead boy uh who has like who's like out in the woods and appears and says i'm cold you remember that one? Oh, i do now that you mention that but I, I a lot of what you're describing i don't remember okay but I do remember that. You remember that. I yes. used to say that to Travis to scare him. Like when we were kids, I would like hide around the corner and I'd say, I'm cold. It got him every fucking time. Uh, there was, I mean, Zebo the Clown. Anytime you get him in the mix, it's going to be a bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Tale of Laughing in the Dark was that one. I think is his first turn. Number one, this one we actually did watch recently. I think it was when we got those DVDs. It's is this the, the swimming pool The one? Tale of the Dead Man's Float. Is the kid trying to learn how to swim from another kid 
uh, only inside of the pool is a monster that kills kids by drowning them. And then at one point, the monster appears and is way too scary for this television show. <laughs> He's like a blood skeleton with like veins hanging off of him and he drowns kids and it's fucking scary. Uh, that one, that one definitely number one in my book. But like, that's wild that this blood skeleton was on after, you know, after after Pete and Pete. Like, yeah. You watch the episode where he's trying to, you know, get the the marshmallow out of his nose, and then there's a blood skeleton on 15 <laughs> minutes later. Um, I just I loved old Snick because it like took a lot of risks like that, and it was like it was the thing that you talked about in school the next, or you know, two days from then. Uh, and are you afraid of the dark? It was just a big part of that, and I I uh, I just I when I think back on it, I admire it just a whole lot. Yeah, we have to check and see if those are on YouTube. I bet they are. We found bug juice on there, which I love for similar reasons. Uh, hey, can I tell you what our friends at home are into? Yes. Oh, and can you give that email address? Yes, it is wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. The submissions have been slowing down a little bit. So if you got something that you're excited about, just one or two sentences, shoot it into wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Carolyn says, one of my favorite things is when a song ends just as I'm parking my car somewhere. It just happened, and it's so satisfying. I had to pull out my phone to email you this from my driveway. This is what I'm talking about. This immediacy, this, this, because <laughs> if you don't do it, you'll forget about it. But I also really, really like this. Mm-hmm. Me too. I used to do the thing where I would like sit in the car for a little bit uh-huh. and like let it finish. Mm-hmm. But now I park in a uh, garage and I don't want, I don't want to do that. It doesn't seem safe. I guess you can turn <laughs> the engine off. I'm still learning how garages work. Anyway, Izzy says something I think is wonderful is when you wash your hands and without even trying, the water is at that perfect hand washing temperature. Not too hot, not too cold, just beautiful warm hand water making you all sweet and clean. <laughs> That's I, nice. I love so often when you go into a public restroom, yes. they don't have hot water. Mm. And I always get so delighted when they do. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. I love hot water. Hey, I love hot water. Cool. <laughs> hey, thanks to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. Uh, thank you to MaximumFun.org, a very good network. Yes, thank you so much for hosting our show. Uh, if you're not familiar with MaximumFun.org, you should go look. There are great podcasts, podcasts like Reading Glasses. And Jordan, Jesse, Go. And stop podcasting yourself. And Beef and Dairy Network and so many more at MaximumFun.org. If you want to hear more stuff that we do, it's at McElroyShows.com. Go vote uh, if you can, early vote, if that's available in your neck of the woods. Uh, If not, go vote on November 6th. And uh, I think that's it. Do we have anything else? No, that's it. Okay. Well, you want to arm wrestle? Okay. Let's do it. Are you trying to wink again? No, you got to make noises. Oh. I'm gonna go over the top. I don't think I like the way this is gonna excerpt. <laughs> oh, you think it might sound like uh, like fingering? God, <laughs> is there anything above the explicit tag on iTunes? Like the words aren't explicit, but the ideas are very, very. That's very my wheelhouse, explicit. man. Yeah, it's just fingering and goo. <laughs> Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! <laughs>
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. In a world dominated by dude bro movie podcasts, only one podcast is brave enough to call bullshit. Who shot ya? The podcast that dares to say that white dudes' opinions aren't the only opinions. If you have a movie pass, like, get a ticket to it to support Taraji, then go home. Ant-Man seems so unnecessary at this point. Ant-Man is like a ketchup packet too many. Who shot ya? With Ricky Carmona. I wanted to see Wolverine kick ass and eat some popcorn and have a good time. Alonzo Duralde. Is this Andy Richter? Yeah! Oh and April Wolf. I love wild things because you get to see Kevin Bacon's dick. <laughs> Who shot ya? Listen every Friday on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts.